Welcome to episode 17 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Stephen, we made it to episode 17. Episode 17, could you believe it? We've been doing this for 17, oh, we had that one week hiatus. So basically we've been doing this for 18 weeks. That's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. It's it's what is keeping me going during these crazy, <laughs> crazy times I'm telling in our country. Every week I look forward to uh, to our Amen Corner taping. And we're going to do something and a little... you know what? What? There are so many people who do who look forward to it as well. With bated breath. And what we're going to do for those people, as well as our yes. other semi-regular listeners, we're going we're gonna to change things up this week, right? What? what? Yeah, we're changing stuff up, right? We talked about no. this. You, Our format is tried and true. Yeah, but you know what? As we were discussing offline, you know, yeah. we we feel constrained by oh. the man, right? It's true. You know this. I, you know what? I'm tired of these shackles. I, I am too. I mean, the script, the rigid yeah. format. I mean, you know I, why can't screw we just screw the network? What, Fuck them. Screw the network. I mean, why can't yeah. we just go on and rant for a half an hour? They are constraining our creativity. I'm I'm not having it any longer. No, I think I think you're onto something. We should just do an episode where all we do is rant and then yeah, make the and then make funny. I mean, like, <laughs> what's wrong with ranting? I mean, I, I just don't understand what these people are saying. How they kind of just constraining us within this yeah. rigid format of you need to do this, then you need yeah. to do this, then you need to do this, and then you sign up. What is that kind of bullshit? I just want to rant. Let's stick it to the man. This so let's week. stick it to the man. Stick it to the so man. So we're just gonna rant. Let's just rant. Stick it to the man, Itis. What was that? Was from uh, School of Rock, right? Stick it to you the man, Itis. Yeah, yeah. That was. I loved that movie actually. You liked the School of Rock? I liked it. I, apparently, the show is pretty faithful to the movie, which is which is cool. <laughs> My kids have seen it. So listen, this is. Um, yes. I think this is a pretty I, big week <laughs> in American politics now. I think every week in the last <laughs> fucking year and a half has been a pretty big week in American politics. I don't know why. I think that's a very good you know, point. As, as our people say, Manish Tana. <laughs> why is how this, is this How is this day any different than any other day? No, but I think it's been pretty cool that media's been covering pretty closely the town hall meetings that House Republicans have been having around the country. And yeah. people have been showing up and giving them the business. Holy people smoke. People are pissed, man. They are pissed. And I think we're the— We're having a national rant. <laughs> we should invite everybody onto the Amen Corner. No, did, do you see the video from uh, Jason Chaffetz's uh, meeting out in Salt Lake? I mean, Utah, yeah. a, a deep, deep red state, and a thousand people, people showed up. They couldn't let yeah, all we, the people in. And, they and were then that screaming. fucking pussy, and then that fucking pussy cuts it off forty minutes early uh, and runs out of there. And then what does he say? His legs. I mean, this is just profoundly and deeply offensive. He says the people there were paid activists right. from outside yeah. the state. Oh my! And guess God. who's paying them? Guess who's paying <laughs> them? George Soros. <laughs> it must be George, George Soros because he's the only one who has that kind Jew. of deal, right? International Jew is bankrolling the entire opposition. And you know what? If that's the case, where's my fucking check? Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. You know, I know a guy who works at the Open Society Institute. I'm calling him on Monday because I have not gotten my check for the Million Women's March. It it wasn't actually technically Million Women's March. It was called the Women's March on Washington. And I haven't gotten one 
for the um, the the Muslim ban protest that no. Maddie and I. Uh, attended. I've been to three. I've been to three rallies. Yeah, I'm going I've to been another to one for refugee rights tomorrow. The Jewish, uh, you know, Jews for refugees. You know what? And I'm uh, not going. My check. I'm not going to another one until I get until I get a check. And Maddie should get a check too. Well, um, that's I mean, it. No. underage. You know, isn't there, aren't there like child labor laws that would prevent her from getting a check? But yeah. seriously. If people are getting paid, I must be like the least shrewd Jew in the world. <laughs> We're the two schmucks who haven't gotten paid of all these millions oh of people God. gone out to, to protest, apparently. How much do you think a good protest, like, how, what do you think you get to protest? Uh, it, 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 at least as much to forge voter registration rules. No, 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 seriously, though. Like, do you get, like, extra money for carrying a sign? Do they pay I don't know. For, like, do they pay for your markers and, you know, cardboard... Uh, you know, I have no idea size. because I haven't gotten paid, so I'm clearly not talking to the right people here. What do you think a fair rate would be? Oh, uh, I don't know, like fifty bucks an hour. Fifty. What do you an think? Hour? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's fun no. too. I, you know what? You got to pay a flat rate because then if that if you're oh, paying like by the hour, protest? You're showing up. So what do you think? Yeah, like five hundred bucks a protest? I mean, I think that's probably high. Yeah. Well, Soros does have a lot of money. He is rich. He's got a lot of dough. So uh, if they're offering a hundred <laughs> and you want five hundred, I mean, I'm willing to meet in the middle. Two, two fifty. Two fifty a protest. Yeah, you, I mean, now what if you get tear gassed or arrested? Yeah, it's got to be extra. That's hazard pay. What if you get beaten? What if you get your head fucking bashed in? I mean, that's got to be worth more than two two hundred fifty bucks. And you got you get a little extra for wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. Arabic Ooh. sign. Wait, do they pay? Do they buy the T-shirt? <laughs> you see, part of my issue is that these T-shirts are really expensive. <laughs> oh my god! That resist that resist T-shirt that you and I looked at is forty bucks. Forty bucks, I know. Damn. I, mean, I know it goes to a good cause, but forty bucks is a lot. For that a is a lot of dough. That's a that's lot. It's like of... a Rolling Stones concert T-shirt. <laughs> that's what I paid for my Van Halen T-shirt in, uh, a few years ago, and like I'd only pay forty bucks for a Van Halen T-shirt. I'm sorry. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I know the I know the republic is at stake, but I'm not spending yeah. forty bucks on a resist T-shirt. Totally, forty bucks on a Van Halen T-shirt, easy. Resist T-shirt, Ooh, not a got, chance. What if you got a Van Halen resist T-shirt? Oh, though? I would pay. I'd pay money for that. Yeah, but you know what? If I'm going to a rally and I'm not getting paid and I'm buying a T-shirt, I mean, this is you know, this is like going to a ball game now at this point. It's so I know you got in food. You know? Yeah, seriously. Seriously. You know what? At the rally, and when I went to JFK two weeks ago, right? People were handing out food. Yeah, I know. I know. It was it, look. These rallies, people have been polite and nice. Yeah. I mean, their anger is directed at the man uh, yeah. and the administration, but otherwise, people have been pretty great to each other. Hey, people have been awesome. And you know what? I, I don't know if I, we discussed this before, but yeah. even if we did, I think it bears mentioning again. You know what I didn't see at any of the rallies that I've been at? Violence. Well, that's one. <laughs> but people... Uh, violence, one. And two, people walking around with fucking guns. Yeah. We, do, we, we talked about the fact that there was some police presence at the Women's March on, on Washington, yeah. but it was not... It didn't. It wasn't overwhelming. We, we saw those, those observation towers that the park service right. uses, but there was not but, a huge presence. Yeah, but nobody feels the need to sling a. Oh, you mean like the like the the lunatic the gun lunatics? 
Yeah, like the walk fucking with tea area. party assholes who, you know, would say, I assume I'm right. I can walk right, around with a gun if I want. Two things. One, you've gone to protests in New York City where there are very strict gun laws. And That's I've true. gone to protests, and we've both gone to protests in D.C. where there are also very strict gun laws. Which, by the way, Jason Chaffetz, the chairman of the House Reform and Government Oversight or Government Oversight and Reform Committee, uh, it, who uh, walked out on his town hall and was booed and was told to do his he job. He didn't walk out. He ran he out ran like out. a pussy. He's about to gut uh, D.C. gun laws, um, which is pissing a lot of people in Washington off. I mean, these guys in the Republican Party are all about local control, except yeah. when it comes to a city that is – it's no longer majority African-American. It's probably plurality African-American right. and votes Democratic. And so they want to uh, gut um, D.C.'s uh, gun laws, its marijuana laws, its um, its uh, 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 reproductive rights uh, laws and regulations, all those kinds of things. Never mind that Jason Chaffetz lives four and a half, five hour flight from here. He's, yeah. His committee and all the yokels on it are going to use uh, the district as an experiment. There's no such thing when they say, oh, local control, local control, local control. It's all a bunch of bullshit. It but is I, bullshit. But wait, wait. But that's not the reason that there weren't guns at these rallies. Well, no. You know, a, a few years ago, some guy walked into D.C. with his AR-15 and was promptly arrested and prosecuted. I, I, look, I don't doubt. Which is one of the reasons why the Republicans want to gut the laws. But that's not why the people at our rallies don't walk around with guns. Oh, no, no. Well, all those people are against guns. I thought you meant like, you know, the anti, you know, the anti-anti-Trump people showing up with guns to show who's no. who and who and so on. No, so, I'm, so, I'm so, talking so like compared to what happened with the Tea Party, with the rise of the Tea Party. Oh. You had all these assholes who were like, I can, right. I can have a gun. It's my right to walk around with a gun. If right, you don't, right. if you don't like their, it, you're a fucking With their tricorder hats on Yeah, shit. you're a fucking pussy yeah. if you don't like it. So, so I find it interesting, but at the same time, so we're talking about the, the town hall meetings, and I don't know if you saw that Betsy DeVos got blocked out of going into a public school. <laughs> I did see building. that. But, the one that I like the best is the guy from the eastern end of Long Island, a guy named, I think it's Michael Zeldin or something like that. I don't know. I had to, I had to look him up. Um, he, you know, he sounds like a kid we used to give dead legs to in camp. Um, he, he had a town hall scheduled for like, April or May, he's already canceled it, and he's going to do it by like Facebook or or Skype or something like that. I mean, come on! Pussy. But then, because he's my afraid of his constituents. But here's my question: Are yeah. we any different than the people who protested when Obama got elected? Are we any different than the Tea Partiers? Well, I mean, look, you have to give the Tea Partiers. A certain amount of credit here. They they transformed their anger, whether it was manufactured by fake news right, but that's, I mean, uh, or not, that's into actual political power. I mean, they have the political power now. You're right. But, um, but what does it say about our republic or about our polity that the only way that, that, that things are so dysfunctional that people are, people are going out onto the streets every few years because— they don't like the party that's come into power. No, I think I think what it speaks to is the total breakdown of the two parties, the absolute corruption in the DNC and the RNC um, that are not that different from each other. The plutocrats that have run both parties for a long time, and it's pissed a lot of people yeah. off. Um, 
and, and, and that's why people are going out there. The, the question is, can this movement um, right now, this movement, this indivisible movement is targeting Republican legislators. But if they really want change, it seems to me they're also going to have to target Democratic legislators. I mean, look, <clears throat> there's a reason why and, and there's a reason why. And this is a prime example of what needs to be done as well is the people standing outside of Chuck Schumer's home in Park Slope, Brooklyn, yeah. demanding that he actually take a stand. I mean, there's no Democrat more captured by Wall Street interests than Chuck Schumer. What about Cory Booker? And, you know, I know less about I know less about Cory Booker, but I would imagine he is as well, given uh, the the what is believed to be the necessities of being a politician in the New York metropolitan yeah, areas and, that you have to curry favor with, with, with Wall Street. And who his backers are. Right. Uh, you know, there was there was an example from uh, November that was actually quite hopeful um, here in Maryland. Uh, there in the congressional district next to the one that I live in, the Maryland's 15th, pitted uh, a big businessman. It was like the Democrats, Donald Trump. Uh, he spent this guy, uh, Jim Trone, spent he's a he started a, a, a retail wine business and he spent millions of dollars trying to buy this seat in the Maryland 15th seat, the one that Chris Van Hollen was vacating in order to run for the Senate. Yeah. And he ran against. Uh, a law professor at American University named Jamie Raskin, who had you know no money. I mean, you know, he it was his fellow law professors and faculty at AU and others, and you know, hippies in Tacoma Park. And Raskin beat him, and so it showed that you know you just did, it wasn't just moneyed interest that can buy seats, but maybe that's the exception that proves the rule. I mean, look at look at Betsy DeVoe. Yeah. She's now the Secretary of Education. She has no qualifications. And no Republican except for two would vote against her because she's donated to all of well, them. So she essentially bought herself a, a she, cabinet. She did secretary buy herself that, that position. And the two the two Republicans who voted against her, that was all a fucking sham, by the way. It was totally was it? it was totally orchestrated. It's like, oh we got two, all we need is one more. That one was never happening. Those right, two was it? those two, first of all, they voted to get that uh, to get her appointment out of committee. Had they really wanted to stop it, they the two uh, of them could have stopped the I, committee. You know, they did not. I didn't follow that as closely. They did not. Uh, they did to be it, honest, they with did you. it for their own purposes at home, so that they could right. go back and say we voted against say it. Say they voted against but it, right? They also knew that there was not a chance in hell that there that even one more Republican senator was going to vote against her. So they knew that this uh. was a, it was all orchestrated. It's all manufactured See, bullshit. I, here's the thing. I followed it, but not as closely. Like Betsy DeVoe seems like a total dope, but it seemed to me that if the Democrats were going to take a huge stand, yeah, this was this was the lowest stakes thing. They, you know, it, the the Secretary of Education really has limited power um, unless you know there is some major major change that they'll have to. They'll, they'll have to undertake, but it, she's certainly um, a threat to public education. But I think that she's an it, opponent of public it, education. She hates she's an opponent of public, public right. education. But I, I, I would bet that um, her ability to fundamentally alter education in the country is is rather limited. Well, there are bigger fish to fry but, for the Democrats. But uh, as a parent, like as a parent in New York, Tom Price in New York City, as a, as a parent of three uh, New York City public school. Students, I do know that uh, you're right to an extent. Um, 
our local taxes pay for the Department of Education. Right. However, there's something called Title I, which is mm-hmm. for right. low-income. There are those things. Low-income right. families, and that's right. that's dependent on money from the federal government. So of I, course, That's absolutely right. So, of course, who's going to get fucked when they gut that? The poor. It's the poor, and they're going to say, well, then they're going to have these the, the ability to go to charter schools. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Although I can imagine a place like New York City, um, these kind of major urban areas, the state and the, and the municipalities will start figuring out ways when, if that money is lost, how to make that up. I hope so. That would be my guess. These are these are true blue states. I hope so. And that they they will they will do that. I'm not saying she's not a threat, but I think that there are bigger yeah, fish to fry, like Tom the, Price, the new Secretary of Health and Human Services, who I told you this week is pro cancer. How is he pro cancer? <laughs> like, because he's pro cancer because he's against he's against any he wants to gut Medicaid. He wants to repeal Obamacare. This is a guy who's a doctor. Have you seen him? He's 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 a Orthopedic surgeon. I wouldn't let this guy touch me. Not just to, he seems like this greasy idiot, and he is just against. He wants to take health care away from people. Yeah. That's his whole. It's uh, it's unbelievable, and his conflicts of interest are um, is a, it, astounding. Does anybody not have conflicts of interest in this cabinet, though? <laughs> um. I can't think of I can't think of one of them, but but prices in particular yeah. are bad, and he's so odious because really his whole thing and his whole thing in Congress has been denying people healthcare. You you know you can have philosophical differences with people about um, reproductive rights, about a, a variety of issues in politics, about you know the the role of and the, the role of and size of government and so on and so forth. But when you want to out and out deny people health care, poor people, you know what, Medicaid, you, know you want to gut you? Medicaid. You know what that makes you? Evil. A hateful Evil. fuck. A, a hateful fuck. A hateful That's exactly fuck. right. And they say, oh, we'll give block grants to the yeah. states and so on and so forth. That ends up actually reducing the amount of money available yeah. for poor people sh- who need Medicaid. What a shot. I'm going right. exactly. to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say unequivocally that I am – Staunchly anti-cancer. <laughs> Not Tom Price. He's also pro-diabetes. I'm also against He's diabetes. Also I'm, I'm against diabetes too, but like not diabetes. the Secretary of Health and Human Services. I don't like He's cancer. pro-disease. I don't like disease in general. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and that say guy is. I think in a cabinet of guy. deplorables, he's the most deplorable. To be complete. Well, maybe the labor secretary guy, but he hasn't been confirmed yet. He will be. I think we need to stop using that term deplorable. Do you know why? Because they fucking like it. I know. I know. Because they revel in that. What should we replace it with? Asshole? Dick. That would be good. Dick. Dick. (laughs) Assholes are good. I mean, you know, you name them. Right. Something like that. I think that captures Tom Price, the secretary of health. The secretary of illness. He's the secretary of illness. How about cocksucker? Does that work? <laughs> can we say that on this network or are they going to fucking constrain us? Like I said us? in the first episode, it's like cable. You can say whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, but they're constraining us and I'm sticking it to the man. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm feeling good about this rant. Yeah, I mean, the, the network, the suits at the network are going to be pissed at you us. You know what? Let them yell at me again. I don't care. Exactly. Exactly. Screw them. Sticking it to the man. You know what? Speaking sticking of sticking it to the man, something yes. very interesting happened this week. At Madison Square Garden. Oh, my God. New York Knicks legend 
Charles Oakley. Legend. Legend. Oh, Oakley, who was oh. the fucking toughest player on a tough, oh. tough team. These guys I love that in guy. the early 90s were oh. badass. Badasses. I love Charles they Oakley. They played a grind-you-down game. They would beat the crap were, out of And Charles team. Oakley oh. was, the, was in the middle of all of it. So for some reason, Charles Oakley got into an, a dispute this week at Madison Square Garden, and he was physically removed from the arena. It was a dispute with the owner, yeah. that idiot. Well, the owner, in all fairness... Dolan is... Uh, Jimmy yeah. Dolan has, has ruined a once-proud franchise. Ruined. Completely... Absolutely ruined. Although the Rangers are doing very... The Rangers you know, have been I, high I, quality. I don't care about hockey. Let's put hockey <laughs> on the side. We're talking about the All right, we'll put hockey on the side. He has destroyed... Put, put, put hockey on ice. He, yeah. Exactly. We're going to put hockey on ice. He has destroyed this franchise. Oh, the next... They're it's terrible. terrible. It's absolutely All terrible. All their moves are bad. Dysfunctional. It's completely dysfunctional. And then, to add insult to injury, Dolan goes on the Michael K. show yesterday... Right. ...and says, Charles Oakley mate, is banned from the garden for life, and he can't come in even with a ticket. And then he insinuates that Oakley has an personal problems and demons. And I find this interesting coming from a guy who is himself a, a, is an a alcoholic, right? alcoholic, and God yeah. bless him for that. But, you know, what struck me as being as interesting here is we're now seeing this is Dolan is a miniature Donald Trump. Yep. He's a mini Donald Trump because now it's he's saying, well, people are saying that he might right, have right. problems. And if he does, I'm just trying to protect my fans when they come to the arena from somebody like this. You know, it's great that has happened. People like LeBron yeah. and other NBA stars and former NBA stars have lined up behind behind Oakley. And, you know, it's. It's outrageous, and I, I can't overlook one the, the the analogy you're making to to Trump and the innuendo and the fake news and yeah. so on and so forth, and I can't overlook the the, the racial aspect. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, this is a this is a league that is dominated by African American players and white owners, and Dolan is making these accusations about he has a troubled yeah. life and he's an alcoholic, and it is feeding. Uh, terrible, terrible stereotypes. Um, here's a and it's absolutely awful. Here's and I think what Dolan is doing, he he is like Donald Trump, awakening uh, the, the reawakening the activist uh, athlete. Now yeah. that's happened before Trump, but look what's happening with the Patriots. That's right. Um, How many six players are saying they won't, they won't attend a White House ceremony with President Trump? And there's a lot of pressure on a lot of other people, a lot of other players on the Patriots not to go to the White you know House. What? Good for them. Uh, good for them. Good for them. But do you know who also refused to go to the White House after winning a Super Bowl was Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Wouldn't and guess go who was the president at the time? Because he didn't want to meet Obama. And you know what? He didn't want to meet Obama. I, you know, See that? Jordan, my, my 16-year-old asked me, he's like, well, what do you think of that? I said, well, I disagree with his politics, but it's, he's perfectly within his rights to do it. Just like this, right. these six players are within their rights to say, "Fuck you, I'm not going to your White House." I, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's a lot more. And this is, this is like what we talked about, I guess, in episode two or three about athletes taking the knee. Um, yeah. That they have to take a stand. They're, they're, they're public figures. Um, they are paid a lot of money. They're role models for a lot of people. They have every reason. And a perfect platform to speak out about the injustices in this country. And um, Jimmy Dolan and Donald Trump, 
uh, traffic in the worst kind of racial and racialist stereotypes. I mean, look at Donald Trump. He's got a white supremacist, a white nationalist as a senior political advisor. Um, it's totally outrageous, and it's really good to see the players People taking a stand up. against this You know this what, stuff. though? I got a little pro tip. If, you're, if you don't like African-Americans, don't own a professional basketball team. <laughs> you may want to rethink that. What was that guy from the Clippers? Was it oh the Clippers? Oh, my God. It was the Clippers owner. Uh, oh, fucking racist uh, piece of shit. I mean, uh, seriously. It was so embarrassing, too. He's a Jewish guy, right? Why would you have to mention that? Because <laughs> <laughs> we can't get away with a podcast without mentioning that. With the fact that the owner of the team is Jewish? No, just that, look, you know, the chosen people. We have all these mythologies about about ourselves, and we're just people, too. And we've got and, – and we – there's – People who don't live up to the to the values that they that they profess when they when they go to synagogue, and I think and you know what? We, we, need we, to we need to recognize them, we need it. to hold them accountable. We need to hold everybody accountable. That's right, and but especially our co-religionists who traffic in this horrible hypocrisy. Absolutely right, and that's the job of the MN Corner. We're going to well, we are the conscience of the nation, and we are going to speak truth to Jewish power. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> Because you know that the American Jewish establishment secretly listens, listens to the Amen Corner to get the pulse, to understand the rumblings. There's nothing secret about their listening. (laughs) What's really a secret, though, is that they like us. They do. They they absolutely like us. I'm telling you. They need us on this wall. (laughs) (laughs) They really do. And we're not getting off this wall. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, I have a cold. God. Yeah. This is horrible. Well, I can't look to the Secretary of Health and I mean the Secretary of, of, of Sickness of illness. of illness for help with my my terrible well, cold. You have you have uh, health insurance, you're okay. I know, I do. I have health insurance, so I shouldn't so I by shouldn't the, worry by about the it. The ethos that prevails in this country, you have yours, so fuck everybody else. You fuck everybody else, that's exactly right. Yeah. I've got mine. Exactly. Yeah, what do I care? I have health insurance. <laughs> I made and it. That's really, I made it. You know what? That's really what's happening. We, you know, you have an oligarchy that, you know, doesn't have to go to an airport. Uh, uh, you know, they don't have to go to LaGuardia or they have to go to LaGuardia, but they go to the, the, the private aviation terminal. Uh, they don't have to. So they don't care about the deterioration of infrastructure. They can purchase all the most advanced health care that they want without a problem. You're right. It, it's, you, they, you, know what they else? Just, you know what else they don't need to do? Go to public school. So Bum, do they, they don't have to go to public what school. What do they care if the public well, schools fail? This is the direction of the country. I remember when I was in India um, three and a half years ago, and it struck me really during my, my visit to Hyderabad, which is a tech center uh, of India. And, you know, you're out in the streets, and it's like a mess, and God, you know, talk about failing infrastructure and so on and so forth. And you go through gates into a gated community or a gated yeah. educational institution, and the lawns are manicured. I mean, it is the, the, the world-class type of facilities. And that's because, for the most part, people who can afford these kinds of things or gain admission to them in, in some way, 
don't have to worry about what's going on beyond their gates. Right. And that's increasingly happening uh, in the United States. You see it in Egypt as well uh, and, and all over the place. So but it's like, always, oh, what's mine is mine and fuck the rest of you. I don't care if you're, 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 always, the roads you drive in on are potholed and you, that was the trains always, don't that work was and the subways suck and there's no transportation from North Baltimore to someplace else and et cetera, et cetera. That's, that was always the brilliance of this country and what set us apart from failed states right. is that we did – this was a commonwealth, a commonwealth. Right. Commonwealth. Think about what that means. Think about what that That's means. That's very important talk term. right there. Uh-oh. You hate freedom. I do. You, you hate, hate freedom, freedom and you and your <laughs> left-wing friends just go to your public schools and go on your fancy roads. <laughs> love your Muslims. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to love these. Not, black lives aren't the only ones that matter. All, Blue lives, all lives matter, matter. Too. All lives matter. All lives matter. Oh, my God. But all lives only matter when we truly recognize that we need to worry about certain lives. Right? Right? I mean, it's we can get into this yeah, well, at another episode, but... It's absurd the all lives matter, the blue lives matter thing. When you look at the disparities in this country of who's getting shot and killed, just all, you know, all lives, look at Chicago. All lives matter only when black lives do matter. Right. That's exactly right. Only. Well, on that happy note, all right. um, is our, I think, is I think this is a really good rant, and rant I, I don't over? really care. This is a, what? Is our rant finished? I think our rant is. I think our rant is coming to an All end right. here. I think we're out of rants, and we're out we're of rants. rants. <laughs> I've got nothing left to rant about. I feel. I've got. No, I'm all ranted. I out. feel drained. Um, and oh, I'm gonna sleep. Yeah, man. Well, I don't smoke. I got to take some cough medicine. I don't smoke, but cigarette. Like, <laughs> all right, that was quite the rant. All right, all right. everybody. Hey, we're we'll, out. We'll be back for episode 18. Out. Take it easy.